2: This is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about all kinds of things on this show. And one of our favorites has been our series of talks with Brett Favre about life outside of the goalposts. And that's what we do here on this show as often as possible. Tell the rest of the story and in the main character's voice without interference from us. This is the fifth part of a five-part series on Brett Favre and with Brett and this one focuses on living and playing in the small blue-collar city of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the trials he faced, trials that forced him through the doors of a drug rehab center three times, and the thing that happened twice, which nobody knew. Here's Brett Favre.
4: Throughout my 16 years in Green Bay, things happened. Um, lost my father, my wife got breast cancer, I lost my brother-in-law. Uh, My uh, stepfather-in-law, I lost him. Um, Went through drug uh, rehab for pain pills. And then immediately after that, we won the Super Bowl. So I think people were kind of like, yeah, you know, he's one of us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you you know, I, I, I too oftentimes and sh- I should know better. I look at someone as, um, in a prominent, whether it be professional sports or a politician, an actor. You know, like I, I really like Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. There's not many people I would want to meet. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's probably the only one. If, if I had a chance to meet someone, I'd love to meet Tom. He's, but he seems like just a regular guy but also like like everyone kind of said after kobe died it's like you know he's not supposed to die yeah and i think people look at athletes and celebrities and politicians sometimes as um, immune to whatever and of course that's not the case and and so i lived it um and I think being in Green Bay certainly helped because uh, it was a perfect fit for me. Um, it, it, I don't think I realized it until several years in that this was tailor-made for me. Not LA, not New York, not Chicago. not All the cities are bigger uh, because people could relate to me and I could relate to them. Very similar to where I grew up and, and not a whole lot different than Hattiesburg other than the climate you know just hard-working blue-collar people um, and so I think they could identify with with me and I just happened to be their quarterback so um, it was a perfect perfect fit and I think you know like with Aaron Aaron Rodgers and he's, he's a, a, a friend um, they love him because he's their quarterback, but they don't really connect with him. And they, they can identify and they can relate to me. Okay. And um, so, you know, yeah, like with Tony Mandrich, and I saw his story. I, I was actually, my first year in Green Bay, he went through training camp and got cut. Uh, so uh, I, got, I got a chance to know him, and I, I just remember thinking, what happened to this guy? I remember doing my press conference in 1996, right before, well, when I got out, it was the day before training camp, but when I went in treatment, I spent 75 days too, because I was uh, a little bit rebellious. Um, well, I didn't want them to, they told me everything I needed to do. I had to sign in to go to lunch with the group. And when I finally realized I, if I want to get out of here, I better do exactly what they say. That was about 75 days into it. But, it, but anyway, um, I remember the press conference and, and how difficult that was to, to announce that I had not only to go to treatment but for pain pill addiction, because I had everything going. That was that that season ended up being my third MVP season in a row. So I I'd had two previous, and, but it was amidst the the just the heart of my addiction. I mean, it it was at its worst. Surprisingly, that I was able to function like that. You know there play at a high level and sleep maybe an hour a night uh, taking 15 Viking NES at one time but it was a great it, it was great to have it happen in Green Bay where people had compassion um, all the things that's happened to me uh, I was thankful it happened in Green Bay so and you know mean, being from there they love they love their packers but they love their people too yeah uh, people ask me because uh, i actually went three times mm-hmm. the first time i went to a place in rayville louisiana and it look i couldn't believe when i pulled up to this place i said this is a rehab i thought it was like some some sanford sun type place <laughs> It was like a little shack, but it was it was good. I stayed there 28 days. I would stop one thing and continue another. So I wanted to drink, but I, I the pain pills was a 75 day in Topeka, Kansas, at Menager Clinic. The Rayville, Louisiana was prior to all that, and that was for pain pills. But I wasn't ready to stop. And I the league didn't make me go. I went voluntarily, mm-hmm. even though my arm was twisted. Mm-hmm. I'd had two seizures in Green Bay. Oh my. One in the hospital, right after ankle surgery after the after the previous season, so '95 season. And then during the, excuse me, after the '94 season, then the '95 season was the season before we won the Super Bowl. During that season, I had a seizure the night before game, which people obviously didn't know. And um, that really kind of started the ball rolling, like why are you having seizures? Well, I wasn't sleeping? So my brain was basically short-circuiting.
2: And you just heard a remarkable story, a three-time MVP Hall of Fame quarterback running on one hour of sleep a serious pill habit and suffered two seizures, two, and no one knew about them. And you're hearing about that for the first time here, not because we like breaking news. That's not why you tune in here. But to hear the real story and the real humility, and he's not kidding when he says he's glad he was in Green Bay because this country boy tucked away in Los Angeles or New York or Chicago, and the ending would have been much worse. You've been listening to Brett Favre. This is the part five of a five-part series here on Our American Stories in his own words. By the way, Tony Mandarich, what a story. We've done that one, too, in Tony's own words. From the heights of NFL success to drug addiction and worse, and then the rise up. And we love the redemption story here. And we're always rooting for people when they're down, whether they're in a prison or anywhere else. When they're at their low... That's what we love to come in and love on them. And we treat them as if they're members of our own family, just like you would. And if you have stories like this, they don't have to be some big, fancy football quarterback story. Because in the end, that's why people related to Brett. He was like the rest of us. And he is. These people are no different. And we all know that. It's we who treat them different and put them on these statues. And then when they fall, we rip them apart. And it's just so wrong. Brett Favre's story here on Our American Stories.
1: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.
1: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.